This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio yeah, manager portfolio at Six. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So what are your questions and concerns on this first Tuesday in June? This week, the governor has moved our state into safe return, allowing businesses to reopen and bringing workers back to work. Are you able to get back to work? Did you ever get through to the Department of Employment Security to collect unemployment? What about committing to building an emergency fund with money you couldn't spend while we ordered to shelter at home? You can contact this morning with questions and comments. Our email address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy and Ryder. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so what about uh, what's been going on in financial news the last couple of weeks? Nancy, let's start with you. Um, it's quite strange out there right now. And uh, we are always reminded that the stock market is not the economy. And that certainly is showing up as markets have been responding well, even though our economic news is still not good. Now, um, investors are happy to see things opening up again and economic activity uh, bouncing up a bit, but we have a ways to go. And so that's what we're kind of watching right now. And then you add on all of this um, unrest, the protest, is that going to ding uh, activity even more? We're just watching to see what happens. Uh, What about uh, rumors of a second economic impact payment? Have you heard anything uh, uh, new on that? Well, yes. Um, The uh, House of Representatives passed a bill, the HEROES Act. I think it's dead on arrival, though, frankly. Um, The Senate is not really interested in taking it up. Um, McConnell has said that the next bill is going to be much smaller. Um, They are planning to do away with the expanded unemployment benefits from the federal government, which has put a lot of people in great shape. In fact, there are a lot of states right now where average workers are earning more on unemployment than when they were working. And so that's one of the things that they want to address. And there is talk of some sort of incentive for people to go back to work. Of course, there have to be jobs for them to go back to. So, uh, Ryder, let's uh, take a look at things here in Mississippi. What are you hearing and seeing in regards to uh, the new phase, this safer at home that the governor uh, announced that started yesterday? Yeah, or the the safe return. So kind of moving into a new phase of, uh, you know, basic, essentially anything can be open now. Larger gatherings are permitted. Um, of course, there are still a lot of guidelines. And again, a lot of this has all been through guidelines. There's a lot of guidelines about, you know, who really should be still staying at home. It's, you know, our particularly vulnerable populations, um, the elderly and folks with uh, underlying conditions. Um, uh, they are, you know, opening, you know, outdoor events can have larger capacity. Um, restaurants can be open as long as they're limited capacity. And then there's, you know, extra rules on, on mask wearing, things like that. And of course, still guidelines on, you know, if you you know, you're allowed to travel, but, you know, try to restrict that to non-essential um, because, you know, so that's allowing people to you know do the business they need to do, do economic activity that they need to do uh, while still keeping some precautions to, to, to limit or slow the spread of the coronavirus. 
And uh, our, what about Nissan? Is that uh, one of our major employers here, at least in the central Mississippi area? Uh, any news on, on when Nissan will reopen? Oh, you know, I am not 100 percent sure on that, but that is, you know, that's a, a case where, you know, a lot of uh, larger factories, especially places where a lot of people work um, close quarters, you know, it's not it's not necessarily possible for you to social distance while you are helping somebody, you know, put a car together, for instance. So uh, that has been an issue uh, throughout this and and some especially, again, close quarters, um, indoor uh, factories have been places where coronavirus has kind of you know spread a lot faster than others so that that's uh, one to watch uh, let's circle around back to a minute for the economic impact payments uh, Nancy uh, am I hearing correctly that uh, now they might be going out on uh, prepaid debit cards yes and um, we actually had one of our clients contact us and you know he'd been looking for that payment for quite a while and had tried every resource available that we could give him and nothing showed up and suddenly he gets a card in the mail one caution here is that a lot of people are getting the card and tossing it away because they think it's a credit card offer Uh, but it's not be very careful and uh, this is a loaded debit card and if you qualify for the full amount 1200 per individual 2400 for a couple that's a lot of cash to be tossing in the trash and it's going to take you a while to get a replacement so be careful with that but more and more people are getting those cards and we're also hearing about people getting um, checks in the mail as well so they're coming through Um, just curious if that card was discarded and someone else found it could they use it or is it specific to uh, the person the the taxpayer oh that's a good question um, I don't know about that one, and we need to check on that one because that would, you know, is it really legal tender? I'm guessing you have to activate it just like you would uh, a regular credit card, and maybe that's the deal. Uh, when you activate it, you have to know some information about that person in order to get it, but we're going to find out. Uh, that's a good thing, though, because uh, I know that the um, the letter from the president came along uh, after I'd gotten my uh, direct deposit on my uh, EIP, uh, and it scared me a little bit because it was in an envelope from the IRS, and it was an official IRS form, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done wrong? And then I opened it up to see what it was. So uh, good good thought, Nancy. Don't automatically throw something away. If it looks like junk mail, at least open it up. Make sure you're not uh, not throwing away your economic impact payment. Um, And Kevin, what's really interesting about this right now, in April, what we're seeing is that incomes are really up. So because of these stimulus payments, because of expanded unemployment, um, because there are businesses who are getting the Paycheck Protection Programs, um, people are actually pulling in more money. Now, spending is down because people are worried. Um, That will bounce back some. My concern is what happens when all of this stimulus money runs out? Uh, the other thing that we've talked about uh, through this uh, pandemic is uh, unemployment benefits. Should people that receive those uh, be reminded that that is taxable income? Um I am not sure that it is. And here again, I need to find that out because I, I had read at one point it was not. Um, but we're going to have to see what how that flows through. I would remind people that the expanded federal benefits, that $600 a week, that runs out the end of July. So be prepared for that when that disappears. 
Uh, just uh, I've had some experience interesting with, uh, you know, online shopping. Um, on one, I surprisingly enough bought a pair of shoes. I needed some new <laughs> walking shoes. So uh, went through one of the stores and was very successful, you know, ordered them, picked them up. No problem. Uh, with one of the big box stores, I had a little bit more a problem with uh, ordered a ceiling fan. And apparently it kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, and never really got shipped from the warehouse. I uh, had to call the customer service line a number of times, was on hold probably for 45 minutes at least each time. Um, however, I will say this. The, uh, the, person, the people that I talked to in customer service were extremely friendly and helpful. And so it really diffused any sort of frustration or anger I had because they were very pleasant to, to interact with. They, and eventually, uh, the third time I called, the person said, well, you've called three times, so I'm not going to end this call till we've resolved this whole thing. And what ended up happening was they canceled that order. I reordered the same ceiling fan and did the pickup at the store, and that worked uh, without uh, without a hitch. The other thing that I thought was interesting was the only way that you could get in touch with the business during this whole thing was through the the one phone line. There was no email or anything uh, that could also be used to, you know, if you had a, a customer service issue, which I thought was a little bit strange and certainly put a lot more pressure on these phone answerers. And like I said, I made an um, effort to say, you know, thank you so much. You've been very helpful. So I think, you know, as we continue to deal with some things, frustrations and that sort of thing, if we all could take a deep breath and, and try to be a little bit nicer to each other, uh, that that certainly would be something I think we could all get on board with. If you have a question for our experts, you can also you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion about your money in June. After the break, you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB RING. That's 877 672 7464 or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've got some open phone lines, so if you have a personal finance question that you need answering, the number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 
send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So, Nancy, for Mississippians who might have gotten caught without an emergency fund during this recent economic uh, downturn, what about uh, some ways to get one started? What are some things to do to begin to establish an emergency fund? Well, before I get to that, um, I'm crowdsourcing here, uh, <laughs> and the debit card that you get that is loaded with your stimulus payment, you do have to activate that, okay. um, and those unemployment payments are taxable, and you can ask for taxes to be withheld, so a few answers there. Very good. Uh, will depend on some of those listeners helping us with some answers. An emergency fund, really important right now, and for some people, if you've gotten that stimulus payment, this is a great time to take part of that at least and set it aside because I think we are in for um, a long period of um, lower economic activity. Uh, You'll have concerns about your jobs and salary increases, so you need to start. And I tell people to at least try to aim for $1,000. Now, we want you to have more than that, but there are a lot of people out there who don't have anything in savings. And you can start with your local bank. I encourage people to look for community banks because they tend to pay a little bit higher rates. The rates are going to be pretty low right now and will stay low for a long time. You can use an online bank. And it's great to set it up just to put aside a little bit every paycheck or every month. If all you can do is $50 or $100 a month, that is going to build up. If you could do $100 a month over the course of a year, you're going to surpass that $1,000 mark. Once you get to that point, you need to build to the next level somewhere in the three dollars to $5,000 range. And of course, the, the more uncertain your job is, the more you need in savings, because if you lose your job, that's what you're going to have to depend on. Uh, should you keep this in like a savings account, or is it wise to possibly in, invest the money at all? Well, you would use probably the best choice would be a good money market account. They tend to pay more than just a regular savings account. But shop around. You don't want to invest in stocks. Um, You don't want to even use it for bonds because it needs to be totally accessible. So those low rates, don't get tempted by something else. Just park it there and know that you've got a pad of money should an emergency come up, should you lose your job, those bigger things in life that happen that you be able to put your hands in and use that money. If you don't have that, you're going to end up turning to credit cards and you're going to be facing average rates in the 15% range for those loans. Uh, for my emergency fund, I found a good um, online savings account that has a, a decent interest rate, and I know it's very simple. It's linked to my bank account, so every month I make a transfer uh, from my checking account into that savings account. And it is once you get started, it's kind of fun to watch the total keep going up. Uh, so, Nancy, remind us. So, what- do you set it up? Go ahead. Is it set up automatically, Kevin? I've not gone that far yet, but I, I, I must pat myself on the back a little bit because I've been very good about uh, each month keeping putting money in there. Again, sometimes the, the amount varies, but I've been trying to be consistent of at least putting something in uh, each from each paycheck. Well, we encourage people to set it up automatically because then you just forget about it. And then before you know it, you've built up a nice amount. Uh, Nancy, remind us, what is a money market account? 
Oh, a money market account is really a mutual fund, which is a collection of securities. Only with a money market, it's a collection of securities that are very short-term instruments that are traded in what we call the money market. And um, so it tends to earn a little bit more than a a regular savings account. Um, And they tend to be pretty liquid. Um, There's no guarantee that they will hold a dollar a share like a savings account but so far that's what we've seen even after the great recession uh we had very few problems there this is money talks on mpb think radio kevin farrell here with dr nancy lodridge anderson and Ryder taff Ryder, let's bring you back into the conversation and another thing that we talk about frequently on the show is uh credit reports uh so when is a good time to check your credit reports well, interestingly, uh, due to, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, uh, you are allowed to check your credit report every week now. Uh, it used to be you could get a free credit report every year from each of the three um, uh, Equifax uh um, Experian and TransUnion uh, from the big three uh, credit reporting agencies. Now you can get it every week. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure that that's uh, once a year was maybe not quite enough. Once a week might be a little too much. Um, but it's important to monitor that because you know you want to see a couple of things. You know you want to monitor one to make sure that there isn't something on there. Maybe an old credit card that you have. Uh, maybe an old debt that you had forgotten about. Um, that's just on there and hasn't been attended to. You know, maybe it's maybe you forgot about it and you hadn't paid it off and you need to go pay it off. Maybe you had paid it off, but it hadn't gotten reported correctly. So you want to look for that sort of things. You also want to look for uh, any fraud. If somebody else has accessed your credit and maybe there's a credit card which you don't recognize is not yours and somebody's run up a large bill on it, that could have a huge negative impact on your credit. But, of course, right now, what's going on is there are mortgage relief programs where you can defer your mortgage payments. A lot of credit card companies are offering um, a payment relief where, you know, they maybe they'll, they'll waive fees, maybe they'll waive interest, maybe they'll change the payments. And you want to, if you are doing any of those, you want to make sure that they're getting reported correctly because those are not supposed to uh, have a negative impact on your um on your on your score and so you want to make sure they're being reported correctly you know your mortgage company isn't just reporting that you haven't paid uh things like that and so that's that's one reason it's kind of useful to have the um you know the, the extra reports although you probably again don't need to check it every week um, I use Credit Karma. I think I signed up for that. And so each month mm-hmm. I, I get an email uh, that gives me kind of a summary of my credit situation. I just got the one for uh, May recently, and it gives uh, your credit score, uh, your credit card usage, your on-time payment percentage, uh, changes mm-hmm. in your account balances. So it really gives you a complete snapshot uh, of your of your uh, financial situation. And uh, I think it was the month before, it or it, I got a notification that basically was saying that uh, 
my credit score had changed a little bit, and it turned out that uh, one of the credit cards that I rarely use anymore had decreased uh, my credit limit. And so that, you know, it was I was very I easy to go find that, you know, and, and figure out what it was. But that, I think, is nice because, again, it gives you a little snapshot each month of, of, of where you're sitting at. Uh, yeah, and, and what I will say with those services, like um, Mint offers a service like that. Credit Karma offers that. Um, some of your credit card companies will offer things like that. There's a couple of those out there. They are a much more user-friendly option than just slogging through your credit report. Your credit report, you know, it may have, you know, years worth of monthly payment amounts or monthly payment, you know, did you make this payment? It can be very tedious to read all of that. Um, and so it is nice to have it organized better. Um, and also Credit Karma will give you some insights that you're not, that, you know, if you knew everything about how to read your credit uh, report, then, you know, you would get these insights just by reading your own credit report. Uh, but Credit Karma kind of does that for you. So it does make it a lot easier. But I will say, you know, the flip side is obviously you are, you know, some of these services you pay for, uh, some of these services, um, they are using your information and, and showing you ads based on that. Or they are they are sharing your information with other um, ad parties. So, you know, if, if, if that's a concern, just watch out for that. All right. Well, I want to follow up with the credit cracking. Uh, checking your credit report in just a minute but first we do have a caller on the line so we want to invite john who's called in from south haven john you're on the air with us go ahead please good thank you for taking my call i appreciate y'all being there very much uh quick question about the credit reports we had frozen our credit on all three credit bureaus back when equifax had its little uh mistake and i was wondering do we still need to go in and check our credit reports or do we not need to anymore and if we do need to how do you go about doing it once you've frozen your credit um, so uh, a couple of things. One, you know, for, for those listening, uh, freezing your credit is you are calling the credit reporting agency and you are saying, don't allow anyone to uh, to access my credit report um, for a new credit inquiry. Um, so your existing, you know, if you have credit cards, if you have mortgages, they can still access your credit credit report. They can still report to it. They can still look at it. Um, but any new application would be uh, denied. Um, and that sometimes even includes things that are, you wouldn't necessarily think of as a credit report. Maybe if somebody is using using that to identify your verification, uh, uh, verify your identity, sorry, for, um, for opening another sort of account. Um, you can still check your credit report. Just because it's frozen doesn't mean it's, not, it's, it's still there and you can still check it. Um, and again, if you have have a credit card or you have a mortgage, any other credit accounts, they still will be reporting to it. So while you shouldn't really need to check it, um, if I would check it, uh, particularly, you know, if you have, if you are participating in any of these, you know, deferring payments, if you have made any specific arrangements that you just want to make sure they're getting reflected correctly on your report. 
Um, and then I would check it, you know, maybe once a year just to make sure that everything is, is going smoothly. You know, no new accounts have shown up. Um, again, that's going to be incredibly unlikely since you've frozen your, your credit. You generally aren't going to have anything to worry about if you've frozen your credit. Um, but again, mistakes do happen in reporting. Um, and, and, and if you have made a specific arrangement and it's not getting reflected correctly, uh, that, that may show up. So that would be one reason to uh, continue checking. And I have frozen my credit. And um, the caution here is to make sure you record your passwords um, and all those codes when you need to unfreeze it. And I did go through a period where I did unfreeze it for just a short period of time for a large purchase. Um, and it was very easy to do. I could go in and say, unfreeze it for a month or two months. I put dates on it. And so it then closed down as soon as I was completed with that, uh, had completed that transaction. Did they charge you to do that? I know they charged us when we froze it, even though they weren't supposed to, and there was nothing we could do about it. But So for the $10 right. each, we just did it, you know. Right. You're not going to be charged for that temporary unfreeze. I, I was not. Um, but you're right. Uh, I encountered some charges on the front end, uh, typically $10 per company to get that done. And as you say, they were supposed to waive some of those. Uh, I think Equifax uh, did not charge. But I didn't encounter a charge on the back end, and I thought I might, but it didn't happen. Okay, great. Thanks. That is terrific information. I appreciate it very much. All right, John, good, yeah, to, thank good, you. good to hear from you. Uh, Ryder, got a couple minutes before our next break, but again, talking about uh, credit reports, when you check, check it, it and there is uh, bad information, uh, with apologies to Ghostbuster, who are you going to call? Do you call, <laughs> contact the, uh, the, the, pers- the, the company or the, the credit bureau, bureau or both? Um, I would start with the credit bureau, uh, you know, and, and especially if there's something where, you know, you have some evidence, you know, I, I believe the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has a very, very good section on kind of, you know, how to write a letter to your credit bureau. You know, what are the things that they they're going to need to see? Um, you know, I'm contesting this specific charge because or, or this you know specific thing on my report. Uh, this is the reason why I'm contesting it. Here's my here's my evidence. Um, you know, they may say, oh, my goodness, you're right. That was totally our oversight. Or they may, uh, you know, they may ask you to kind of escalate that. And you may need to get your um, your, you know, account, uh, your credit uh, account involved. Uh, but you should be able to start with the credit reporting bureau themselves. We'll continue our discussion of recent financial news and your personal finance questions in just a bit. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Money 
Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder also holds their certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. Looks like we've got some callers on the line, so let's go right to the phone lines, beginning with Hugh, who's on the Gulf Coast calling in. Good morning, Hugh. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm retired, and I've already filed my taxes. But uh, Saturday, I received something from uh, one of the companies that has some of my money, and it has to do with, uh, where'd it go? IRA contribution information. And uh, I put $900 in my Roth IRA. Um, I don't think I'm able, it's worth my while to try to refile and claim this as a deduction or a credit. I think this is, I'm not sure if this is in my, I think this is in my post-tax uh, IRA. Is that a, Mike. and is that a form, uh, I think it's like 5498 or something like that? In fact, it is form 5498, yes. Yes. So that is just an informational uh, filing um, that doesn't have any information that you need to file your taxes. Um, it's just provided uh, just to kind of summarize, you know, what was your balance at the end of the year? Uh, what are the contributions you made? Now, if you if you didn't put on your filing that you you con- contributed to an IRA, then, you know, well, you, you you should put that on your tax filing, but if it was a Roth, that's not going to have an impact on your taxes. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like I said, I already filed, and I got this Saturday, and I was thinking, well, gee, you know, you guys are a little late on getting this out. <laughs> Perhaps this doesn't um, isn't something that is going to do me any good on my taxes. Uh, no. So and that, and that is that is an issue. You know, with contributions, you're kind of responsible for keeping up with that yourself. Um, you know, your broker, your bank or whatever does not they don't have to give you a summary of your contributions before you file your taxes. They do have to give you a summary of money you took out. Uh, before you file your taxes, um, because you pay taxes on the money you take out of a, a regular traditional IRA. Um, but again, if that yeah. was a Roth IRA, then it's not going to have an impact unless you are uh, eligible for a, uh, the savers credit, uh, the, the Roth IRA savers credit. That's a fairly low, uh, low income threshold, though. Okay, so... You said I should mark this on my taxes. Can you tell me what box I'm looking for when I do it? I'll tell you why. Uh, before I lived here, I, I had lived on the coast. I, you know, I had pretty good tax people at my previous, um, how do you say that, domicile, my pre- previous residence. But here, you know, I've used mm-hmm. three, and I have not been happy with any of them. And now, you know, since I'm pretty, like I said, I'm retired, and pretty much everybody can use the ten. 1040, it pretty, 1040 much tells you, yeah. it pretty much tells you what to do next, you know, your points um, in the box you need to let's check. And see. Stuff. It, so what, what, what am I looking for if I wanted to try to use this on next year's? It's my, going my, to go in your line 8A adjustments to income from Schedule 1, line 22. So let me pull up the Schedule 1. 
Uh, I mean, that you know, again, you know, as you're kind of going down, and this is on the front page of the 1040. It used to be it had its own line on the 1040. You know, did you contribute to a traditional IRA? And again, again, if this is a Roth IRA, you don't get a tax deduction for that. So this doesn't really apply uh, in your situation. But for the kind of general information, um, what you do, let's see, let me see if it's in here. Um, I think this is a post-tax. This is money that I've already paid tax on. I'm putting it in a fund, and I'm going to collect it tax-free later on. Right. So, I mean, again, that contribution is not going to affect your taxes. Okay. Because I think I've called before, and it's like, uh, you know, actually, you don't get it both ways, Mr. O'Neill. Um, right. But if you if you I, were to make I a can't traditional, get a tax free and then did it get a deduction on it, right? Right. Okay. Right. It's only one. Well, go ahead. Exactly. Well, okay. I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, uh, Hugh. We appreciate your calling in this morning. Let's uh, stay Thanks. on the phone lines. Next, we'll go to Diane, who's calling in from Memphis. Diane, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Hello, thank you. I was listening last week to the news on the television, and they were talking about these debit cards that the IRS is sending out. And not only did people think that they might be, you know, a solicitation for a credit card, but they thought that they might be a scam because the information that you have to give them is all of your personal information, which includes your Social Security number. Wow, and that would be on activating it. Oh. Yes. Right. Um, and I'm not sure, sh- you know, I need to go back and ask uh, the folks that we work with uh, who have received these debit cards what it looks like and what are you receiving. It should be clearly marked that it's coming from the U.S. Treasury or it the is. IRS is on it. It is not. Hmm. It is not. No. Hmm. That's a problem. Isn't I mean, it? I haven't received one. Like, um, I'm just telling you what they were talking about on the news. Um, but they well, and I can know, I can understand doesn't. why they're asking for all that information because, as Kevin pointed out before, if they don't, then it's just like legal tender. It's just like cash showing up, and somebody could take it from you. Sir, um, but so they need to make sure done. whoever gets it and uses it is the person it's intended for. Right, but we're also cautioned never to give out your Social Security number, that that's frightening to people, but it is something they require. Diane, that's a good call. Well, and, we need and, to check into that. You make a good point is that, that we have been conditioned to be very you know cautious with our personal information, rightly so. Um, and I'm wondering if this is just one of those things because it was a little bit rushed that it maybe wasn't thought out um, as well as it should have been. <laughs> I, I can't even guess about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Diane, thanks for the call. Good call to hear from you this morning. Uh, let's move on. Next, we've got uh, Ronald who's called in this morning. Go ahead, Ronald. You're on the air with us. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I got a couple things on my phone. Like, I got a credit card, and then I've got a, another type of, not a credit card, but it's like a credit-wise. And I checked my credit card one, and it shows me having, you know, quite a high, a good credit score. But then when I checked the credit-wise one, it's like 130 points lower. I mean, I don't think it's the same reporting facility, but how do you know which is which? Or which one did they check if you, like, I've already bought a house. But if you go to get something else and, and they run your credit, 
well, which one shows up? Do they look at all three of them and go with the highest or the lowest or what? Uh, Ryder, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so there are a number of different credit scores, um, and then there's a number, and then you know there's just a number of different uh, ways of calculating each one. So, that, and there can be discrepancies based on you know the day you you check and and where you check. Now, uh, 130 points—that's a huge difference to see. Right. Um, and so there's a couple of things you, you know that this might have something to do with. There is a kind of um, a number of years ago. I forget the organization, but they were trying to, and I believe it was tied in with your main credit reporting. They were trying to get a new score going, the uh, Vantage score. And it was actually based on a different scale. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a huge number difference there in a Vantage score because they they looked at some different things and it was more of an anticipatory score. It was more of a, you know, do we anticipate this person's payments improving? Um, you know, it took, it gave more weight to your uh, newer credit than your older credit, things like like that. Um, so that would be a big difference because that is a totally different score. Uh, that being said, even just amongst your FICO scores, your regular FICO scores, there's a number of different ones. And, um, you know, I know I've checked, I have two places that show me my credit score. And, you know, one of them says it's a FICO eight score and one of them says it's a FICO something score. So I'm always going to have some discrepancies there. And, you know, maybe one just gives a slightly higher weight to the credit card. Maybe one gives a higher weight to the mortgage, you know. Um, so there will be some discrepancies. But I would imagine that's, a, that's part of it. Um, and when you are going to apply for a, you know, for a mortgage, for a credit card, they will have a specific score that they go to. And each institution will have, you know, you know, if you go to Trustmark, maybe they're going to, maybe they always call Equifax first. If you go to Regions, you know, I don't know, maybe they always call TransUnion first. Um, So, you know, it, you shouldn't have, that big of difference between the reporting agencies, uh, nor the um, uh, nor nor within a specific type of score. But yes, there are different credit scores. Well, that's um, why I just more of one was for different one was, things. One was an eight hundred five, the other was like a six seventy. I'm like, well, that's, that's uh, a bit of a difference. Yeah, I'm, that's a that's a that's a that's a decent discrepancy. Um, so it could just be different, slightly different scores calculated from the same sort of information. I got you. All right. Well, thank you. I guess that'll mm-hmm. help out a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. All right, Ronald, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions as we move into safe return in Mississippi. We'll continue taking your phone calls after a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. 
glad you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Remember, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., you can listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Back to the phone lines we go. Next up is John from Jackson. Good morning, John. Go ahead, please. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I got a quick question. Uh, I have a, a dispute with Comcast. I, I, in 2016, I closed an account with them, and a couple months later, they hit me with a three, $300 uh, charge. And so I called them, and at that time, the call center was in India. Well, after a long battle with them, they cleared it up. Well, you know, it's resurfaced again, and now some company in Washington has it convergent. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't provide the documents that I even owe the money. And, and, and the guy had convergent. I said, I don't owe this, and y'all can't prove it. And he said, well, can you prove you don't? That seems counter to anything I've ever believed in. So, and another thing is, okay, I want to write them a certified letter. I've been to the credit agencies, and what they do apparently is they call the company, and that company says, yeah, he owes it. And they say, well, yep, you owe it. But if they can't provide the documents that I even had an account, they've changed their system since 2016, and they can't provide any information on this account. So what do I do? And I can't mail them anything because it goes to a P.O. box. I can't send them anything certified mail. Mm. Uh, and, and so you're saying you, you can't get any of the documents from Comcast saying you didn't right. know anything? They they can't provide any documents that I've ever, ever even had an account with them, but yet they won't clear oh, me wow, from this incredible. debt. Yeah, I mean, and I just, I mean, at this point, I'm almost ready to go get an attorney um, because I've got great John, credit. And before you do that, um, I would suggest you contact our state attorney general. And uh, they do have uh, a department that deals with consumer complaints like this, and they might be able to help you. Yeah, I'm, I, and, and that's that's a great idea. And, and I've actually read online about doing that, but I'm kind of leery about going through the government because I just, I guess I'm skeptical that it, it ever pr- produces anything beneficial for me. But um, well, but 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 it's better than paying an attorney, right? At least try that. Yeah, you're you're right. And see what uh, happens. Yeah, but it's just it, to me, it's asinine. I, I, they can't provide me any information about this account. Anyway, okay, I, I, but you know, I will do that. I will contact the attorney general's office and see what they have to say. Yeah, and I think I think you at least need to uh, also send a letter, and you can do the certified letter to the three reporting agencies that you go on record that this is disputed. Right. And yes. Well, because you know whatever happens, this is dinging your score, and it's hurting you ultimately. Right. And so I would try some is, of these things first. It's like it's almost like I don't understand why they can't look at my credit history in the past and say, well, you know, he's probably right. You know, he, he pays his other bills. Why would he all of a sudden not pay this one? Anyway, all right, I enjoy your show. Thanks exactly. a lot for having me. <laughs> hey, John, yeah. thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Appreciate your frustration. And I agree with you. It does seem rather odd to say you can't prove you owe this. And then it's like, well, you can't prove we don't. I mean, you know, that that does seem extremely Twilight Zone-ish almost. Yeah, Kevin, this points out the the problem with any kind of dispute or error on your credit report. It is very difficult to get it fixed. 
Very difficult. All right. Uh, John, we appreciate your calling in. Next, we've got Lois on the line from Quitman. Good morning, Lois. Good morning. Um, how are you? We're doing good. What do you have for us? Okay. The lady that called about IRS wanting to see the debit card, I've had a debit card about 10 years. And my Social Security always hits, sometimes earlier than if it was the bank. And it's it's good. They never question you. It's just always there. And I've had it about 10 years, so it ain't bad, I promise. All right, Lois, thanks for the call. Good to know that uh, when that gets set up that it is uh, it is something that's legit, so we appreciate your calling in and letting us know that. Uh, next on the line, we'll go to Sue in Beaumont. Go ahead, Sue, you're on the air. Hi, I'd like to ask a question about, I see these ads on TV about people driving these buckets, old buckets of cars, you know, and they say, well, I need to increase my credit score, and, and somebody tells them a number to call. Is it? Can you really increase your credit scores by calling the... It, the companies, you know, fi- you know, FICO companies, you know. No, I, I can tell you how to increase your credit score. Yeah. Um, and there are two pieces that are the critical to your score. The first is you got to pay your bills on time. And if you miss payments, it's going to hurt you for a long period of time. It's going to stay on that score. So you're going to have to use time in your favor to get past some of that old stuff. Then the amount of debt you have outstanding. Those are the two biggest pieces. There are other things that go into it. You know, the variety of credit that you've had through the years. They like to see a variety of types. Um, the the length of time you've had um, a credit card. An older card is more advantageous. So you can go the, um, to the Federal Reserve, and uh, this is where they have a great little video that shows you how your score is calculated. But the two biggest pieces, pay your bills on time, and don't carry too much debt. Well, I myself don't need that. I have I have magnificent credit but in FICO scores, but when I see that, I wonder how can you just make a call to increase your credit score? I don't understand that. No. I, I think they're all they're going to do is tell you what I just told you. Okay, well, I have, a, I have a credit card from Bank of America, and every four months they send me a complete printout of any activity that's been on my credit card or whatever, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. they let me know what my current FICO score is. They send my all my information to me, so I really like that too. All right, Sue. Thanks for the call. I have seen that same commercial, and, and I I might be wrong, but I want to say it's a it's from one of the credit reporting bureaus. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch a little bit closer next time I see it. But again, Nancy, other than what you said, the the same information. Is there anything that they could magically do to increase your score? I don't know of anything. Ryder, do you know of anything? Um, if it was a service offering some sort of maybe, um, you, you know, maybe they would help you negotiate with your credit card companies. Maybe they would help you uh, consolidate, you know, because, I mean, there are some, conceivably, there are some kind of games you could play with your accounts uh, that would make your credit look a little bit better um, that they may be kind of offering to do for you as a service. Um, there are also companies that will help you dispute old charges or, or dispute old things and get them off. So, you know, if you do have, uh, you know, you know, like our last caller, if you have, uh, if you have something that's just not a legitimate charge on your, on your, on your report, they may help you dispute that and get that off, um, you know, as a service, uh, that you would pay for, uh, those could be some of the things that they're doing. 
That would be my guess. But uh, Sue really aptly described that commercial. I think it's something like, hey, you know, you don't have to keep driving that old junky car. Just do this, and magically your credit score will increase. But again, uh, as Nancy said, pay your bills on time um, and limit uh, the amount of your credit. Those are two of the things that you can do to make sure that your credit score stays good. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, you can find it at moneytalks.mpb online.org or listen to the podcast just search for money talks on your favorite podcasting app our show was produced today by liz gill so for dr nancy lotter janderson and Ryder taff i'm kevin farrell join us every tuesday at 9 a.m for money talks on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.